Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Breast Cancer Podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Deepa Halaharvi, a fellowship-trained breast surgeon and also happen to be a breast cancer survivor, thriver, and a warrior living my best life. I'm here to talk about all things breast cancer from surgery to survivorship, as well as high risk to metastatic breast cancer. Throughout this podcast, I'll give you strategies to handle difficulties that arise with cancer diagnosis. We'll have insightful conversations with experts. I will tackle topics that impact our lives as cancer survivors. My goal is to educate you and empower you to live your best life. I definitely have. Let's get started, shall we? Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, welcome back. This is January 2024. How is everyone doing? And this is the new year and we stand here at the starting line. So we have more than just a new year in front of us, right? We have the opportunity for a new beginnings for ourselves. And we get to decide how we want to be in this upcoming year, who we want to be in this upcoming year, um, whether we want to be our joyous self, whether we want to be content self, uh, what is it that you want for this year? And I pick a word for every year. And in the past, I've been very successful living the word. And for this year, it is be the light. And so um, my name is Deepa. So Deepa means light. And so this year in 2024, I want to be the light in every aspect possible. So I'll let you know how it goes by end of this year. Hope I get to live the word. Um so you must be wondering why Monica Brooks is not here today. Well, she's been my podcast co-host since April of 2021. And she has moved on to another podcast called the Monica Brooks Podcast. And I wish her well and wish her the very best. I do miss her here, uh, but I know she's going to do great things. So I want to take this opportunity to reintroduce myself. Well, who am I? My name is Dr. Deepa Halaharvi. I'm a fellowship-trained breast surgeon. I was born in India, moved to the United States around 16. Um, I wanted to be a doctor since I was five years old. And, you know, hard work ethic and honesty and um, making a difference in the world is some things that we're like taught and beat into us growing up as immigrant parents. My parents uh, were probably the most kindest people I've ever met. And they have, you know, taught us to be honest and kind. And um, and I wanted to be a doctor since age five. And uh, this happened after my dad went to Amsterdam and he brought me a stethoscope set, a play set. And ever since then, apparently I told my parents I want to be a doctor. And I, of course, I didn't know what that meant at that time. And um, so after undergrad, I also got married in undergrad. And after undergrad, I was getting ready to applied to medical school, but at the same time, my father suffered a severe hemorrhagic stroke during a surgery to remove a tumor called meningioma. And uh, I took care of him a full time day in and day out for a few years. And that was very grueling. That was tough. That was very tough part of my life. In fact, I remember looking back now, it felt so bleak. Uh, at that time, uh, I never thought I would make it to this far in my life and live a happy, healthy, fulfilling life. And so um, I've learned a lot as a result of taking care of him. I've learned uh, caregiver's fatigue. I've learned caregiver's depression and and uh, helplessness that caregiver feels as they're taking care of their loved ones. And 
you know, at the same time, I enrolled in the local physician assistant program and became a physician assistant. And my longing to be a doctor was still there. And at this time, I had a young son. My son was uh, just like over a year old at this time. And I sat down with my husband and we were chatting and I'm like, I really want to go to medical school. And he said, well, you can, you know, stop being a PA, take all the prerequisites, take the MCAT and enroll in medical school. And, and I did, I did all that. I, you know, I quit PA school, took MCAT, uh, took all the prereqs and applied to medical school, got into medical school in Kansas City. That's where I went to medical school in KCUMB. Now it's called KCU, I believe. And I had my daughter in medical school. And I graduated from medical school in 2008 and came to Columbus, Ohio to do a residency in general surgery because I was really interested in being a trauma surgeon and wanted to go back to Kansas, to Wichita, Kansas, where I did my undergrad, where I was taking care of my father, where my mom still lives to this current day. And I wanted to become a trauma surgeon and go back. But during my residency, I met this young lady with breast cancer and she was stage four breast cancer. She really, truly inspired me to be one, to be a breast surgeon. I like the aspects of breast surgeon where the research is constantly changing. You have to keep up to date and you get to build this relationship from diagnosis to survivorship with men and women who get diagnosed with breast cancer. I loved all those aspects of being a breast surgeon. So I did become a breast surgeon. So after 16 years of training, grueling training, while taking care of my father, while raising my own family, uh, I did have to make a lot of sacrifices. So 16 years after high school, lots of sacrifices, lots of hard work, persistence, lots of late nights and early mornings. I remember waking up at 3 a.m. for like over a decade uh, to study before I went to my residency. So like in the evening, so I could spend time with my family. And none of those things that I did behind the scenes were sexy by no means. Uh, it required a lot of uh, sacrifice and, you know, not going out, not spending too much time with, you know, friends. I just prioritized just training myself to be a good doctor and then be a good mom and wife. And I didn't have time for anything else. Unfortunately, I didn't work out, didn't take care of myself. But I know the habits that are built along the way in terms of working hard when no one is looking and all those habits really are essential traits for success. I know that that's the key for success. And also going outside my comfort zone is something I've learned early on is what needs to do be done uh, in order to be successful. So, and I became a breast surgeon in July of 2014. And eight months after working as a breast surgeon, you know, my parents always said, whatever you do, you have to be great at it. So as soon as I started working as a breast surgeon, my prayer was, how could I be the best breast surgeon? And of course, eight months later, I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer on a mammogram. And by no means, it felt like an answered prayer at that time. Uh, it was very dark because I was expecting after training to have this fun, beautiful life and not have to work hard anymore. I'm done. You know, I'm going to go on to live this fancy life. But no, that's not what was planned for me. I was diagnosed with early stage breast cancer. However, after surgery, I had a lot of complications from my surgery, uh, requiring multiple additional surgeries. And so I went through a lot. But 
I am beyond grateful for all those complications that have happened because today I can tell my patients, you can go through that and be okay. Look at me now. And I'm my job is to give hope to people. And I'm beyond grateful. I'm beyond grateful that I'm alive. Uh, not just from the breast cancer point of view, people die every day for different reasons. And so I'm just so grateful to be here. And I get to help men and women of all ages from diagnosis to surgery and beyond. So why am I doing this podcast? You may ask, like, why am I spending my time on weekends after working 12, 14 hour work weekdays to do this podcast? Well, these are my following reasons. Number one, I am very passionate about my family. And number two, I'm very passionate about my patients. I treat my patients like my family. They're, they're like my family. Number three, I love educating the community. I have, I have had so much gratification from educating and empowering my community. And then I started this podcast with, you know, at that time, my co-host, Monica Brooks, in April of 2021, I told her my goal was to place this information in a place where my patients can go access information. Because when I see a patient in my practice, when they're newly diagnosed with breast cancer, they just feel like they got hit by a train, just like I did when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And even though I was a breast surgeon with breast cancer, I went through all those emotions of, of denial and anger and bargaining and depression and acceptance. And it took me a long time to get to that acceptance state. So I wanted to help my patients through those phases of grieving as you get told you have cancer. And patients only retain 10 to 15% of what they hear in the office. So I wanted to create a platform where they can go back and listen to the information about the things we talk about in the office. And I was hoping to help just my patients in Columbus, Ohio, where I practice but I was so pleasantly surprised that this podcast has been in over 100 countries, I believe 104, 105 countries in, in the world. So I wasn't thinking that it was going to have such a huge impact, but I was pleasantly surprised and very happy that I'm able to help so many people across the world. And number four, I find the greatest joy in service. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to serve. And this is not always paid. I don't get paid to do this. I don't get paid to do the podcast, but it has brought me a ton of gratification. And number five, I do this because I want to leave a legacy. And as a result of my own diagnosis and journey, I always think of what can I do to leave a legacy when I'm gone? Well, it's right here, electronic legacy. And the only legacy we leave is the work we do while we are here. When we are dead and gone, no one remembers you, which is okay. Maybe they will remember you for a while and people have to go on with their life. They forget it. But this electronic legacy will stay on forever and it's immortal. So that's why I'm doing this podcast. Well, also, now that Monica Brooks is not here with me and I'm the host of this podcast, how is this podcast going to be like? It is going to look a little different because now I'm I'm the host of the podcast and I'm doing it by myself, but I'm super excited. Again, it's given me avenue to go outside my comfort zone and, and do something that I have not done before. So I'm, I love to reinvent myself every year. And this year, this podcast has given me so much joy and excitement of the things that I want to do with it. And so there's two things I'm working on this year. I'm working on a series called the Breast and Plastic Surgery Series. It's an educational series, 
and I'm working with our local plastic surgeon, Dr. Tiwari, and we will be creating this list of series that's going to help patients when they get diagnosed with breast cancer to go ask the questions to their breast and plastic surgery team. So it's going to entail what to expect when you see a breast surgeon, what to expect when you see a plastic surgeon, uh, what, what, is, what are the different surgeries we offer, how we work together behind the scenes, and how we work together in the operating room, and how does the pathology results change the management of the plastic surgeon. I'm also going to talk about the beauty and the beast, and it's going to be things like, can someone get Botox during chemotherapy or fillers during surgery or after surgery, or what are some things that they can do for their scars, for their keloids, for what is a keloid? So these are all the things you find out with that educational series. So please stay tuned. I'm super excited to team up with the plastic surgery team for this. And second, I'll be recording the Finding Your New Normal series. And this is our first episode of the Finding Your New Normal series, and I'm going to be talking about fear of recurrence. Well, as a breast surgeon, I just don't want to be a technical surgeon. I've said that on this podcast before. I want to treat the whole patient, whole person. But it's really tough for me to do that in my, pro in my practice because I'm seeing women when they're diagnosed with cancer at the worst stage of their life. So I'm helping them not just through get the get them through the diagnosis and telling them the treatment options, but also have to help them through the emotional aspect of it. And every person is different. And I like to meet them where they are. And I would like to help them where they are. And that sometimes is different for different patients. Some patients are very good and very resilient right away. And some are not. And that's okay. And my job is to help them through it. And I know that you become a survivor the day that you're diagnosed with breast cancer. There are phases of survivorship, is living with breast cancer, living through breast cancer, living beyond breast cancer. So with Finding Your New Normal series, I want to help you live beyond your diagnosis and beyond your treatment. So what are some topics I will talk about besides fear of recurrence? Well, I'll talk about managing pain. How do you cope with body image issues? How do you cope with fatigue as you're going through surgery and chemo and radiation? How do you cope with chemo brain? How do you cope with neuropathy? How do you cope with menopausal symptoms? I have so many young women who are going through menopause in their 30s and 40s, and the average age for menopause is 51. How do you cope with heart flashes? How about sexual wellness? No one talks about that. That's an important part of quality of life. And lymphedema. And honestly, I wish I could sit and talk to you about lymphedema when I see you. I briefly get to tell you what it is, but I don't see you long enough after the surgery to help you through it. So I want to use this platform to talk more about it. And my survivorship started on the day of diagnosis. It was in March 2015. So I'm going to be celebrating nine years in 2024, nine years of cancer anniversary. And I'm going to celebrate it. You should celebrate it. We should celebrate every day of our life because it is truly a gift. And I know after diagnosis of my breast cancer, I knew my life had changed forever. Nothing could ever be the same. I was sad about all those hard things. I was sad about all those things that are never going to be normal. My chest is never going to be looked the same. I have scars. I have keloids. I know you may say you're a breast surgeon. You have keloids. You have scars. Yes, I do. I have scars on my chest. I have keloids on my chest. I don't look the same. My chest doesn't look the same. But you know, in big scheme of things, it's really not that important. And I can tell you how I have coped with the body image issues because I have to deal with it myself. 
Many people find that cancer changes them on how they look at their lives. They may reflect on a purpose of life and they want to see what they value the most. Sometimes the changes can be positive. Sometimes they can be negative. It's okay. It don't ha always have to feel like you have to be positive. It's okay to have days where you're crying or sad or upset. You just don't want to stay there for too long. And for some people, the meaning of illness becomes clear like it has for me. Like I know my purpose, my calling is to be a breast surgeon and to help men and women and help them through this journey. That's become my purpose. And for you, it may be something different and it's okay. So let's get into the topic that we're talking about today and it's fear of recurrence. And what is fear? We're simply put, Fear is the negative emotion and anticipation we experience in the face of danger and threats. And as cancer qualifies as a significant threat, fear of recurrence is real. You cannot ignore it. You cannot tell yourself not to worry or criticize yourself that it's not going to help you to make the fear go away, right? I, I am a professional. I'm a professional breast surgeon with breast cancer. I have struggled with fear of recurrence. It's okay to think about it. It's totally normal. But when is it dangerous? When you are stuck and then fear of recurrence is all you think about all the time from the time you wake up, the time you go to sleep. And if it gets in your way of living your daily life, that is a worry. That's when you need to see a counselor. And when you feel hopeless, when you feel like you have no hope for your future, that's when you need to see a counselor. When you're not sleeping, when you're not eating, when you're not participating in the activities you normally enjoy, that's when you need to see a counselor. When you're trouble focusing or concentrating on your job or forgetting or being forgetful, that's when you need to see a counselor. When you feel like you have nothing to look forward to, that's when you need to see a counselor. So those are all the triggers for you to know that you really need to reach out to a counselor is when you have those symptoms. Let's talk about the triggers, like what triggers fear of recurrence? Well, it spikes a few times in a year. You need to learn your triggers. It's really important to be educated and knowledgeable about your triggers. It happens right before your scans. It's called scansity. It can happen during cancer bursaries. It can happen during follow-up visits. It can happen during lab tests. It can happen when people are talking in media about breast cancer, or it can happen when someone is diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. Those are all real, real triggers. Or but most recently, I had a patient that I lost at age 33 to breast cancer, and I'm very sad and I'm devastated for her family. You know, that can definitely be a trigger for her family and her friends, and it's extremely devastating for me, but it's just part of life, unfortunately. Death or diagnosis of a friend or an acquaintance can trigger. So I'm here today to tell you some strategies to deal with fear of recurrence and some strategies to empower yourself. Number one, do not turn the fear off. Fear is an internal burglar alarm. You don't want to become an ostrich and put your head inside a sand. You want to be knowledgeable. You want to have good, healthy dose of fear. Not too much, not too little, just like Goldilocks, just enough. And we are not going to develop courage without fear. That's just part of life, you guys. And the things you can do, things you can control is you can be educated about your type of cancer. Ask your oncologist 
what is the chance of cancer coming back with my type of treatment that I had and, and symptoms to look for. And again, this is why I'm doing this podcast is to give you tools to empower yourself. What are some metastatic symptoms of breast cancer? Well, cancer, breast cancer can go to your brain, bone, liver, and lungs. So some of the symptoms could be a new lump in the breast or the chest wall region or thickening around your collarbone or a new bone pain that you haven't had before that's different than arthritis or fibromyalgia, uh, chest pain or shortness of breath, chronic cough, abdominal pain, new headaches, new changes in vision, persistent nausea, or unintentional weight loss. These are all some things that if you're going through that, make sure you let your doctor know. But also know that there are multiple other reasons for why you could have be having these symptoms. For abdominal pain, you could just have a viral illness to your abdomen. You could have irritable bowel syndrome. Headaches, it could just be because you haven't slept enough or you drank alcohol or you didn't have caffeine or could be tension headache. So there are a number of different reasons you could be having these symptoms. So don't automatically just go to metastatic breast cancer. Monitor the symptoms for a few days to a few weeks. If they are gone, all good. If they are not gone, of course, let your doctor know. What are some things that you can do that are in your control? Well, exercise, 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 exercise. It doesn't have to be a long time, 10 minutes a day multiple times a day can add up to 30 minutes a day. Exercise 30 minutes a day, five days a week, decrease the chance of breast cancer recurrence. It's like 30% decreased risk of recurrence. And when we say like anti-estrogen tamoxifen or aromatase inhibitor decreases the risk of recurrence by 50%. So exercise does not have side effects other than you're going to feel great after exercising. You're never going to feel like exercising. I never do anyways, but you just have to do it just like you brush your teeth, just like you take shower. It's just something you have to build it up in your schedule every single day. You can find, find support groups. You could go to the your local YMCA or to your gym and you know find your group of people that you work out with. They become your support group. And also exercise benefits you mentally, not just physically, mentally, emotionally. And I have found most recently that I suffer from seasonal affective disorder. In the wintertime, there's not sun exposure. In my line of work, I have to go to work when it's dark. I come back when it's dark. So I'm gone 12, 14 hours a day. I'm never seeing daylight. So on the weekends, I've made it purposeful to go out in the sunlight. So on the weekends, I run or walk or whatever I feel like for that day, three to five miles. And I've done that Saturday, Sundays. And when I have a three-day weekend like Christmas or New Year's, I felt, I started feeling so much better emotionally and mentally. And of course, also I got a lot of steps. And so exercise is so important for us, you guys. And we underestimate the value of it. Sleep. I've been very bad about sleep myself for in my training. I got up at three in the morning to study a couple of hours before I went to work at 5.30. And I've just thought, oh, I'll sleep when I die. But that's not true, you guys. If you don't sleep, you will die. And so it's important to sleep. What's recommended sleep? Seven to nine hours, whatever that is for you. I pretty, I do well with six to seven hours. I feel great at six to seven hours. And I aim for that on weekdays. I really don't get it. But on weekends, I do try to get about that much sleep. It's important to go to bed the same time and wake up the same time. I think that's another key 
because we tend to stay up late on the weekend sometimes, and that's not going to help you. You just feel tired the next day, even if you get seven hours of sleep. And going out in the sun when there is a little bit of light is important because that, that helps you set your circadian rhythm. And your melatonin gets released at nighttime. It really helps you to sleep, go to sleep at the appropriate time and stay asleep. Diet. Diet is so important. I've had Allison, she's an oncology dietitian. She came and talked about how diet helps with breast cancer. She came back after her own cancer diagnosis and she talks about how diet helps to cope with breast cancer diagnosis. And so empower yourself, find out what diet you should be eating. American Cancer Society has a great outline on things that you should be eating. My own podcast has great information on what things you should be eating. And recently interviewed Shannon, who was, you know, slightly addicted to alcohol. Alcohol plays a huge role in our sleep, in how we feel the next day. And really doesn't serve us any good purpose. Um, It's really empty calories. I think it's okay to drink occasionally to celebrate, you know, things in your life or you're hanging out with your friends, social network. Um, But I don't think it's something that you need to be drinking all the time. So listen to my podcast where I talk about alcohol and how alcohol affects you, uh, how it gets metabolized in our body. And I, for one, I think I can't metabolize alcohol. So know, you know, how alcohol, I'm I'm not shaming anyone who drinks alcohol. It's okay to drink in moderation with everything. Moderation is the key. But if it's something that you don't enjoy, it's truly just empty calories. And be your own best friend. Like we are good about being friends to others. You're good about being friends to our spouses and we're good parents. But sometimes we forget to be good friends to ourselves. It's important to be good and kind and compassionate to yourself. If you don't exercise a day, don't don't say, okay, that's it. I'm throwing a towel. I'm never exercising again. Get up the next day. You get to do, you get to do over every single day we wake up. We get to do over. So exercise the next day when you wake up. And it's important to, again, have friends who are supportive, have people who are positive for you. You know, you don't want to be around people who suck your energy. You want to be around people who give you energy, who fill you up, who make you feel great and alive and empowered. Make sure, even if your group of friends is small, make sure it's really positive people that are empowering you and uplifting you. And pursue your dreams and your hobbies. You know, I always wanted to be a dancer. And, you know, I started this charity, uh, Dancing with Survivors, a few years ago. I went back this past year and we raised money for a local charity. And it was so fulfilling to me. And also neuroplasticity. You know, I was using my brain to learn something new. And now I'm taking classes on a regular basis. It's totally outside my comfort zone, you guys. But it's helping me. I feel great about it. I, I'm, I'm so lucky that I get to do it. I get to do that. So pursue your hobbies, pursue your dreams, and pursue things that give you joy. And have a happy outlook of your life. I mean, you know, 20 some years ago when I was taking care of my dad and I I felt like life was so bleak. I never thought I would have a life where it would be fun and enjoyable, but I had to go through series of tough events in my life to get to this point of my life to really embrace and really figure out what life is all about. And again, I'm beyond grateful that I made it this far. And listen to music. I know it sounds very simple. Listen to jazz. Listen to something that's relaxing. 
read a book. I love reading. Reading just gives me so much joy. It allows me to go outside my own world and find out about how people live. And I like to read about history. I like, I do self-help books. I, I read a lot. I'm part of a book club and um, I, I love reading. Reading, I think is just so enjoyable. Watch something funny on TV. What, you know, something that makes you laugh, something that takes your mind off of yourself. And we know, like exercise, laughing releases endorphins. So why not laugh? And honestly, you guys, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. That's really what life is all about. And I hope I have empowered you. I hope I have empowered you to take some control back to when you're fighting with fear of recurrence. And in Mary Oliver's words, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Well, for me, I want to live my best life and I want to empower you. I hope this podcast helped you. Please share it with your friends and family if it did. And I look forward to connecting with you on a lot more different topics in the future. So please stay tuned and please subscribe and please share this podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning into the Breast Cancer Podcast. Remember, you're not alone in this fight. I encourage you to be an active part of this podcast. Please share your stories questions and suggestions for future topics at my website called drdeepahalaharvey.com. And please share this podcast with others, especially if you found it useful. And please also give it a five-star rating, if you will. Uh, stay connected as we navigate the complexities of breast cancer. Until next time, take care and keep shining brightly. Disclaimer, this podcast is not intended for complete medical advice. So please talk to your medical professionals.